0: award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Uh, I'm excited about today's show. We are with Te- at Tethered headquarters here in Columbia, Tennessee. Yes, Tethered is a Tennessee company. We're awesome, we're, it's just awesome to be here with these guys today. And we're gonna be talking hunting from a saddle. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, late season deer hunting, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. But uh, first off, I just wanna introduce my co-host, Mr. Barry Cross.
1: Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, this is exciting for me. I've never uh, done an interview uh, sitting in a tree. <laughs> well, if, if you're
0: not uh, watching this show, now is the time to f- turn over to YouTube unless you're driving, wait till you get home. And uh, watch the show. We are hanging from a pole in their uh, in their warehouse, which is really cool. And uh, we've got Adrian Wilson with us and the founder, Ernie Power with us. Thank you. To talk about Tethered. I mean, this is awesome. Thank sure. you all for having us.
2: Sure, well, first thing I wanted to just update is is I'm a co-founder. There is another owner. He doesn't live here in Tennessee right now, but Greg Godfrey is the other uh, founder of the company. Awesome. So make sure and clerical stuff there sure yeah <laughs> it's always great to
0: have partners to, to make things happen i know tethered has come a long way in a short amount of time y'all are leading leading the nation in saddle hunting and i think this is cool and thanks for having us
2: yeah well thank you i'm glad you could come in here i gotta admit i've done a lot of podcasts but this is the first one i've ever done in a saddle so this <laughs> is kind of a cool idea
0: well, they, they shoot a lot of deer hunts from a saddle, so why not shoot a, a show from a saddle? That's what I thought. Sure. And, uh, we've had Adrian on the show in the past, and we've talked... Uh, I'm sorry. You know... Uh, <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a tough one today, boys. <laughs> it, it could be. you got the boss in the house. Uh, <laughs> but no, we've talked uh, hunting, and, and we've touched on saddle hunting, and I was just excited to be able to try one out today and and, and see what it's all about, but... First, I wanted to touch on the history of Tethered and kind of how it came about. And I know we've, we've chatted before the show here and kind of covered some of that, but I'd like to retrace our steps and, and share with the folks kind of how this company came, came about, how it was born.
2: Sure. I mean, the cliff note version is there was a handful of us that were already using similar equipment. Uh, at the time, however, you couldn't just go to the store and buy saddle equipment. It just didn't exist. Uh, there were some companies that had created saddles in the past and for whatever reason along the way had folded shop. And mm-hmm. so there was one company at the time, um, Arrow Hunter, who was making a saddle and, and we just wanted something different, so a handful of us got together, and selfishly, we just were making gear that nobody else would make for us, and that we wanted ourselves and we Our goal was just to to make enough to break even um you know we we said, you know, hey, if we sell i don't remember what it was a hundred saddles um it's enough to cover our costs and we can break even um and then if we sell i don't." Know, 300 something like that we'll have enough money we can go on an elk hunt and that was our pie in the <laughs> sky <laughs> like if we really really knock it out of the park we can go on a guided elk hunt this fall and that was what we wanted to do and um you know fortunately for everybody involved it, it took off and in no time at all we were 12 13 weeks back ordered and wow uh i mean in our first season it took a lot to get caught up we had to hire people we had to learn logistics we had you know because. None of us were business owners, really, at the time. I was an engineer. Greg was in the Army. Um, You know, the rest of the guys that were involved were kind of on a volunteer basis, and we just didn't expect it. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things that it's got an appeal. People really liked it, and and next thing you know, we're here. And and just recently, we moved from uh, Minnesota to Tennessee as part of our growth, and yeah, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah. How do you like Tennessee?
2: I love it. I no questions i'm not turning back like th- there's no regrets <laughs> just, yeah. i love it here it's a place um, to be. well there's there's just you know a multitude of reasons and you know i could go on all day about it but it's just i like it better here
0: <clears throat> yeah that's yeah. awesome well and you talk uh you talk about that, that those first days and how it kind of uh it just kind of took off what are you in four or five years old now or
2: we'll be five years old uh right around uh would it be memorial day yeah in the spring so we're pushing on five years yeah
0: yeah that's awesome and already moving up and and I, you know when you think of a saddle that's what i think of that's the first name that i think of when i hear about a saddle sure and i'm glad to finally be sitting in one these things are comfortable
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to see because, it's, you know, it's every new face that I see in a saddle, you know, whether it's ours or somebody else's, is growing the sport. But it's so fun to see that aha moment when people are like, hey, wait a minute, this is this is more comfortable than I expected. This isn't supposed to be this comfortable. Yeah. And, and then you see them kind of move around a little bit and, yeah. and the wheels start turning and, and all of a sudden you've created a new saddle hunter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing and we'll get more into the saddle and and kind of how it how it's built and techniques and what you're seeing here. If you're watching today, you're uh, you're going to be you learn a lot here today. But um, I guess let's let's jump into some of the benefits. for a saddle. What, what's some of the benefits when it comes to hunting in a saddle? I mean, you guys hunt. This is this is not just a company y'all threw together and, and created this. You've you've had experience in these saddles. Y'all hunt in these saddles and and make sure they're what the hunter needs, but what's some of the benefits
3: of, of, of these things for, for a bow hunter, for a gun hunter? It, does it vary? Um, you know, for me, I mean, the reason I got into it was I'm hunting public land and most of the time I'm going pretty deep, you know, and uh, I hated carrying metal and bulk and all these things and it was a no-brainer once I I was skeptical like a lot of people are I mean I've been doing it about 10 years now and I got into it with a fellow buddy because we, we actually made our own okay. you know, that's kind of mm-hmm. the, the, the how tether started do. because there you couldn't buy them mm-hmm. um, so being lightweight and mobile for me I mean was huge and you know uh, loving the fact that I could either wear it in or put it in my backpack. Like like now, I walk in with a pack and my bow. That's it. Yeah. Everything is in the pack. I am uh very mobile in that way. You know, going with an old climber or a lock on, you know, it, it's bulky and, and sweating the sweating By the time so, you get there. Yeah, and that was that was that's that was the big draw to me. And then I realized the more I did it, I was like, Man, there's so many features here that are helping me improve as a hunter where I can take different shot angles and stuff. And I'm going to tell you, I feel safe with this rope all the time. Yeah, I'm constantly in a harness. You know, you hear about uh, hunter safety all the time and hunters that are not wearing harnesses and they, they get injured badly and whatnot. I am from the ground up I'm hooked in, and I feel so much. If I fall off this thing, I'm just going to swing a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you get bored, you start swaying. It's a little fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if the deer aren't moving, you're just up there dancing a little bit. A little bit.
0: Yeah, and and you well, if you fall one side or the other, you're gonna you're gonna just you're still attached here. Right. Gonna... It's
3: not like you're in that pleated harness where you're going to drop, drop, drop and mm-hmm. be facing away from the tree. If I fall off here, I just climb back up. There's no drop. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there a learning curve
1: to this? I mean. Coming, no, I'm coming from it. a tree stand, yeah. <laughs> coming from a tree
3: stand, do people get in it and go, "Ooh, I don't know." I mean, this Yeah, it, I mean, you know, anytime there's change, there there's a learning curve. Some people adapt to it faster than others, uh, but you know, over the years, I'm still learning stuff that like makes makes things easier for me. Uh, you know, Tethered's been awesome about being so creative and coming up with new ideas. Because every time I'm sitting there thinking, what else can we come up with? Boom. These guys are are knocking it out. And uh, so I think the learning curve is small. It's just about getting comfortable with your equipment. It's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing. And and for me, it's repetition and having the same sequence going up and down and and then fine-tuning that to to meet my needs. And that's the cool thing. What I like and what might meet my needs might be a little different from you. And even though we're doing the same thing, you can tweak it to to meet your needs. And I I really like that aspect about it All Right.
2: yeah and we actually we go one step i mean every time we talk to anybody who's new to this the first thing we say take yourself a platform put it eight inches above the ground
0: kind of like we are today set up
2: yeah i mean exactly set up put some targets out in your yard get used to swinging around the tree get used to doing what you need to and uh learn how to tie your knots how to clip in how to do everything how to move do it in the daylight in your backyard. Take some shots at weird angles. Get used to all that stuff because the last place you want to be learning how to do this is in the dark 20 feet up in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get to where you're comfortable with it 8 inches off the ground, and then doing it at 20 feet should be second nature.
0: Yeah, it's just like any tree stand. I mean, as a hunter growing up, I didn't start with a climber at 20 feet, you know, in the dark. You know, you practice in the yard before you go out sure. there. It's just kind of the same thing, and uh, uh, it's, it's just amazing. Now, Ernie, uh, we were talking before the show, you used to do tree trimming, is that right? Is some of that technology in in this system that you've created?
2: It is. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've done a a, a jack-of-all-trades kind of along the ways, but (laughs) one of the things I did do is I was a utility line tree trimmer. Um, And I actually hunted out of my work equipment multiple times before (laughs) this stuff was around. That's awesome. Um, But ultimately... In in the tree trimming industry, there's a lot of metal buckles, a lot of metal rings. Cause you're not trying to be quiet, right? Mm-hmm. But but you're that is a heavy heavy duty application, right? And that's a little bit overkill for what we need as a hunter. And I wanted to you know create something that was a little bit more hunter friendly, quieter, mm. easier to move, more comfortable for one. Sure. Um, most arborist saddles don't have a seat; they'll have straps here and there and and whatever else, and they're you know. Even in them for a couple of hours working around in a tree, you're feeling it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so Greg had the saddle basically from the beginning, and this is kind of where his his line was while I was working on the platform. And it was just, it, we just wanted to make it, you know, quiet, fast, easy, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, still safe. We're using high-quality materials. We're using stuff that's not going to break. Definitely. But we're trying to eliminate a lot of the metal-on-metal metal contact and some of the things that are in there. And then, you know, make it more comfortable for the user as well.
1: And your innovations just keep coming. I mean, it's not like you're sitting back and going, oh, we got this done and we're done. Uh, you're you're still pushing?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, every day it's it's something, right? Um, and, and I think a lot of that comes from we use this stuff. Mm-hmm. So even if we create something new and we're working it, maybe as a year goes on, we're like, man, it would be cool if we could do this or if we had that or if this was a little bit different. Um, And so we're constantly adding to it. And, you know, that's the the saddle hunting game too. I mean, a lot of these guys are industry forefront type people. Um, They want the newest and coolest stuff. And so we try to get that for them. But we've done a really good job of just innovating and creating products that don't exist. Um, You know, if you start thinking about, in the saddle hunting world, um, people don't ever call things dump pouches. They call them sisalers, even if they're not from us. Okay. Um, it's kind of the Velcro type of a deal. They're like, hey, I want to get something that's a hish strap, but I want to know, you know, a different ways to do it. Well, I mean, a hish strap is a tethered product, but they're looking for a gear hanger, but they, they call it a hish strap. They're looking okay. for a dump pouch. They call it a sisaler. We've really been able to make these names of our product lines synonymous with – uh, generic items that are used in the woods Definitely. and we've we've brought so many cool products to market that didn't exist. It's just fun to be part of that. You know, we were going through the other day and um, just cleaning office and getting things ready and, and whatnot. And I found 15 different uh, accepted patents. In our box that of things that we've brought to market that nobody has, mm. um, so it's just cool to see that you're, you know you're seeing the growth of the sport, you're seeing the innovation, and you're seeing all of these cool things that we make, and and it's because we actually use it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's awesome that it makes you it makes you stealthier, it makes you. Um it makes it easier to hunt these public lands and even if you're a private land hunter and you don't you can't go
3: get your tree stands hung or get out there before you know you can move easier yeah i that's, think it's awesome that's one of the things uh, a lot of private land uh guys will say you know i've already got my stuff up which is great you know I, yeah I, I i'm one some, of those guys. I, would, I would do the same thing but what about that one stand that you're sitting that day and there's a line of deer coming out about 50 yards too far mm-hmm. if i rarely hunt private land but if i do um, and I'm in a preset, whatever, I can get, I always have my saddle with me because it's my safety harness. It doubles as, if I'm sitting in a, a ladder stand I put up for me and the kids to hunt out of, this is my safety harness, right? Okay, yeah. So um, if I am, let's well, say I'm sitting in that stand by myself and I need to move, I can easily just go to any tree, basically, and, and get into where I'm in a good shot placement to get on that those deer that were in that, you know, that one path. Yeah.
2: But how many times do you hear about it, a guy puts a stand up just like you're saying, and they see a whole bunch of deer, they get back to camp, they're like, man, I saw all these deer there, 50 yards away. Well, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm gonna go there tomorrow and hope they come closer. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Can or, you, or if you're walking in the woods and all of a sudden you see the freshest sign you've ever seen, right there. and it's it's, it's yeah, now or never. you walk past the sign yeah. Go,
2: yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, imagine this, right? Imagine you're you're fly fishing. And you're standing there in the creek, and all the fish are 50 <laughs> yards away jumping. You're not going to stand there and hope they swim upstream. You're going to move down to them. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, it's the same type of a situation.
0: Well, uh, but I'm going to jump around a little bit just right here. Comfort. We kind of touched on it, but if you're watching today's show, you can see we've got a few things that maybe are added on to the to the basic saddle itself. But talk a little bit about comfort and some of the the things that we have here to make it make it easier for the hunter
2: sure well you're in a phantom elite right and so the phantom elite comes with some accessories that go in and one of them is the mvp backband
0: okay Um, so the backband comes with this one
2: the backband's a part of it but we've engineered a bunch of other things into the saddle itself uh the adjustable bridge the uh the actual shape the cut
0: Mm -hmm.
2: of how the saddle's put together and then our comfort channels which allow you to adjust the pitch of the saddle and if And it allows you to kind of move the pressure if you want it more on your lower strap or more on your upper strap. You can adjust it with those comfort channels. Um, And just the whole kind of system works together. It it only takes little tiny adjustments to make a big difference. What I tell people all the time is is just move your your attachment to your tether up two inches and sit back down in it. And you're going to feel that difference. And the more you use it, the more you get used to what adjustment is what you like. And even over the course of a hunt, you'll know, okay, I want to move this, I want to do that. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of different little things that kind of work in tandem to create that. Um, and, I mean, this is your first time in it, and it's been pretty good.
0: Man, I'm, I'm excited. This is awesome. And then you got the little knee band down here. As mm-hmm. you squat down, the knees hit the band and kind of give you more comfort. and take some of the weight off your feet for a while. Sure. And, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's awesome. And what things that I think about, you know, I'm in a deer stand, and I'm sitting on the, my back to the tree uh in this case you're using the tree maybe as a as a shield or kind of a, a barrier between you and where you think the deer are coming from yep. or uh so that's pretty cool but then when it comes to shooting i mean good for a bow or a gun talk about how we how you can kind of get around these straps to to shoot
2: yeah i mean it's going to be hard to show right now we're looking like a jungle gym here with <laughs> yeah.
0: the tree. but basics you know
2: um but in a tree this size I can easily pivot my feet or pivot my hips and get around to where I can take a shot in any direction. Yeah. Now, some shots are easier than others, right? This, I'm a lefty. So for me, all this is easy. If it's anywhere in this area, I don't even have to really move. I can make small movements, get into it, mm. but I can get over here. And that's where, when you have the, the situation where your back's against a tree in a tree stand, if a deer comes behind you mm-hmm. in a tree stand, you got nothing right? unless it gets far enough off to one side and only on one side, right? Because if it comes in on your side. weak side yeah. with a rifle, you can't get turned around and whatever else. So you've got that side and you've got the front. This really gives you the ability to turn around. And it's, it's, it's really no different with a rifle or a bow. Um, I would argue that it takes a lot less movement with a rifle to get into position because I can lean up against the tree. I can do this. Yeah. I can get into a rifle shot way easier than I can with a bow, um, and a lot of
3: a lot of guys will use this the tether as a rest for the rifle too. Right. So you're not free handing it. But yep. like he showed you, you can brace it against the tree or use your tether and whatnot. So it's definitely bow and rifle friendly. Yeah, hmm. I think that's awesome. It, it you got a lot of advantages here. Like you know, if you're sighting in
0: a gun or shooting, hey, walking through the woods, you're going to use that pole as, or a tree as a as a rest. You're yep. not going to shoot freehand most of the time. So yep. this this gives you a lot of options. Uh, and it's not just off the front of a tree stand or off, you know, to yep. your strong side. You got, you got both sides working for you here.
2: And, and you can, you know, if you've got time and you can get nestled in, you can get all tight into your ropes and get really locked in, um, and make a longer shot longer. if you need to.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. This is one thing that people may not pay attention to right now, but if you've done any kind of hunting, you know, you got to get up the tree. So I mean you got you got other products, not just not just this that you're selling, and talk about a little bit about uh, what thought has gone into those and and uh, how they are improving. i I know you didn't invent saddle hunting, but it's like you're taking it to the next level:
2: well and our mission is always to make you as a hunter, you know, faster, more efficient, and a better hunter lighter faster, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and our mission also as tethered was to be the one-stop shop for everything that you need. Mm. Um, now it's taken some time to get there, you know, over the years we've had to add product lines and et cetera along the way, but yeah. So climbing sticks, we're part of that mission from the beginning to be able to get up the tree and that's where we came up with our our two uh climbing stick lines we've got our one sticks which are famous for just being the lightest stick on the market um you just can't touch them they're 20 percent lighter what than I anything else up? on a market. yep
1: oh yes incredible
2: and and they're sitting right at a pound they may be a few grams over but i mean they're they're lighter than anything else you're going to see there um and that's our premium line and etc but we also have our skeletors which are turning out to be one of the best-selling sticks out there uh simply because they're so Mm full-featured they're at a good price they just work they've Mm -hmm. been a great stick and that's that's been a real nice thing for us and um it's just we'd like to offer you know A premium line, and and I don't want to call it a budget line, but one that's a little more reasonably priced Mm -hmm. um, so that you have options as a consumer. Mm -hmm.
1: And you're constantly looking at weight, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, weight's always a big one, right? I mean, Greg came from the ultralight hiking world. Mm. Um, For me, weight isn't as big a deal as bulk. I don't like stuff that just takes up a lot of space. Um, So for me, like our platforms... uh, If I didn't care about it, I would use the XL platform, but Mm -hmm. I don't like how big it is on my backpack, so Mm -hmm. I always take the little one. Well, I'm on the little one today, and it's awesome. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's not because of the weight, because I don't care about the weight. Mm. For me, it's the bulk. But for a lot of people, I mean, gram weenies exist out there.
0: <laughs> 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 don't raise your hand, Bear. <laughs> 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 well, and, and what's the lifespan on these things? Uh, you know, a lot of people say harnesses, if you fall from them or use them uh, for multiple years, that they need to be thrown out or get a new one. But what's the lifespan on a, on a saddle, or is there... Is there a life of expectancy?
2: Yeah, so there is. Um, and, and there's there's a couple of ways to answer that. One, anytime any of your equipment is subject to a fall, replace it. Yeah, for sure. Because it's done its job, it's done what it needs to, and you don't know how it's weakened whatever component, and, and you don't want to take a chance in case you fall on that one again. So sure. first out of the gate. If, if they have any kind of a slip or anything, that should be replaced. That's just a, bar, a regular rule. Um and as far as um, how long you're supposed to use these things, all of our stuff have basically a five-year lifespan to it, and okay. that's kind of industry standard. That's the same as if you're looking at tree stand man- uh, harnesses, you're looking at any of that equipment. Um, if if stored and cared for properly, they say you should replace it after five years. Um, obviously, if you leave it out in the rain or mm. you know the, the mice chew on it or whatever else, you're supposed to inspect your equipment before you use it, mm-hmm. and if you see something funky, replace it. I mean, replace ultimately, it. we're trying to make sure people are safe here, and, uh, you know, five years is kind of the guideline, but if you have issues, obviously replace it, and err on the side of caution.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I always want to be safe out there for sure. Well, I kind of want to get into late-season hunting, Uh how much hunting have you done in Tennessee since you've been here? A little bit? A lot? You've been working hard, I know. 2 days. 2 days. I've uh, hunted uh, <laughs>
2: I've hunted 2 days in Tennessee since we moved down here and we moved down in June. Um I was hoping to get out this weekend. Uh, Life got in the way. Yeah, didn't get there. Um, You guys run a really long rifle season compared to what I'm used to in Minnesota. Mm -hmm.
0: So Tennessee's the place to
2: be. Yeah, (laughs) so I'm looking forward to getting out there and getting some time where I can, you know, just get out for an afternoon or something. Um, And and (laughs) my favorite part is it's not cold here. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming down from Minnesota. By this time, basically...
1: You're ice fishing.
2: Yeah. When (laughs) Thanksgiving comes along, I hide in my house and don't come out till Easter because I just hate the cold. And so once Thanksgiving comes along and I finish up my Wisconsin rifle season, I'm kind of done for the year. But here in Tennessee, I mean, it's 70 degrees today. So there's a a lot we can do.
0: A little wet this week and it's been... uh, it's warmer. It's strange temperatures right now, but the the deer season, the gun season, runs through January 8th. If you're hunting in Unit L, you've got the private lands only opportunity for antlerless deer. That's 9 through the 13th, January 9th through the 13th. Uh, Unit CWD has some extended seasons there, so check your guide. That's a uh, gives you a few more opportunities out there in Unit CWD. But uh, Adrian, do you want to touch on? You lived in Tennessee for a while, so you're I'm a Tennessee lifer. boy. Yeah, I'm a lifer. So uh, <laughs> Late season, what do folks need to be looking for right now?
3: Uh, So, you know, the rut's kind of trickled down. You might still have some does coming in late. Uh, I've had some success. Uh, You know, I'm going to food sources at this point Uh, because, well, food sources are pretty scarce in late season, right? So... um, I'm not usually one to hunt uh, fields very much, mm-hmm. but when that that some of these, especially on the WMAs, will they'll go in and sow some new stuff in there, and you get some fresh green grass in there. I I I've gravitated to that. Um, I'm looking for that that fresh growth because you know it is 70 degrees today. Yeah. It might be like that in January mm-hmm. too. So there's there's a, a lot of new growth coming up. Um, so I the deer get back on patterns in. You know, they start, the bucks start grouping back up. The does are are not spread out. They're kind of grouped up. So um, I'm still scouting. You know, I think I've mentioned to you before, I'm still getting boots on the ground. I'm looking for that fresh sign and uh, I'll I'll glass uh, fields in the evenings. And kind of prepare, see see what it's looking like, See, and, and I'll walk, I'll walk the fields and edges and look for that sign, and yeah. I'll go up into the woods that, you know, still they're, I'm looking for their bedding and trying to figure out again because these deer are going bed to food feed right yep, and, yep. and back, so those are the things I'm looking for, um, and uh, you know, hopefully that pays off because I still got a couple tags I need to fill, so, <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of it for me. It's it, it's I, I like. Uh, Our rifle season is longer than a lot of states. I like that I'm super mobile. Like, one thing I do is uh, with my rifle, because I want to be super mobile. I'll take this, and I might not climb the tree. I might go to the base of the tree. and, and Instead of taking a chair in, like a lot of guys take a, a, some kind of seat, mm-hmm. I can go to the base of the tree. With oh, my, yeah. I don't have to have a platform or anything. The, the ground's on my platform. Yeah. And uh, I can sit on that tree. And if I want to move in 30 minutes because I want to go somewhere else or whatever, you yeah, know. That's, um, yeah, that's uh, awesome. and, and, you know, we're talking this is nothing again. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm using a saddle, but you don't have to climb with it. Uh, and I'm hiding behind the tree like I'm doing, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like to be mobile during rifle season. Yeah, and uh, um, I, I, I haven't like I was telling Barry a while ago. I've I've been going out now. Um, I have uh, a little private land that I've gone gone to, and uh, I'll take I'll take my saddle and I'll take a bow and a rifle because I like my bow so much. Yeah, but it's getting to that season. I ain't shot nothing yet, so <laughs> that yeah. rifle might come in handy. <laughs> I'm
0: still after them as well. It's uh... It's still a good time to be out in the woods. Uh, you got plenty of time left to, to fill some tags, and yep. uh, so get out there real quick before we run out of time. Social media, y'all got. You guys are out there, tethered nation. Tethered nation. Okay, yep. yeah. So go check them out. Instagram, Facebook. YouTube you got YouTube, some YouTube yep. stuff out oh, there. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit of YouTube <laughs> stuff. Uh, well, Barry, these saddles are now used, so I uh. may have to go home with us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they put them back in the box, can they? No, uh, guys, I appreciate y'all having us. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, great products. I look forward to, to maybe getting one of these one day and getting out there and try some saddle hunting. I know Barry's done some a little bit,
1: but uh, it's I, I can I can test. This is nice. I, I, yeah nice product I, I i hope to uh give you some business soon <laughs>
0: well so. i was, I was going to say christmas is going to be here before you know it and y'all probably get them to them for a, about a week couldn't you i mean a week or less probably shipping is good and uh you can have one and, and hunt the rest of the season yep so yep merry christmas all right folks uh thanks for tuning in guys thanks again for having us thanks for coming it's a uh, pleasure This is Tennessee Wildcast. Uh, Check us out. Uh, Follow us on our Facebook, our social media, all all across the board, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And remember, tnwildlife.org for all things wildlife, Tennessee wildlife. We'll see you next time.
2: Thanks for tuning
0: in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week.
1: We'll see you then.